Welcome to the Coloring Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's a complete honor to be able to do these episodes every Wednesday on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, uh, Apple, on Google. No matter where you get this podcast, the fact that you are here is not by accident. That you are here for a plan and purpose that goes far beyond anything this world can offer. Even though pain and uncomfortability and chaos is difficult, there is such a blessing in it when we, instead of trying to lean on our own understanding, on our own strength, our own ability, we lean into our creator, savior, sustainer to bring a color out of the same chaos. Our God wastes nothing. So as we go into today's episode, I just want to pray just not only for you, but for myself as well, that we won't have a hardened heart to what our creator, savior, and sustainer wants to do within our lives, within our day today. You are not alone. You are not a lost cause. And the fact that you are here is such a honor and a privilege. And I do not want to waste the time that we have here together. So here, let us pray as we go into today's episode. All right. Lord God, just thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I pray for those right now that are, are struggling with wrapping their head around the fact that they have a creator, savior, and sustainer. Lord, there may be hard feelings, hurt feelings. There may be things that have happened in their life where they question, God, where were you? God, where are you now? But Lord, I just pray that what we talk about today will just be able to just pierce through all of that hardened heart, all of that hardened defenses. Lord, help us not fight you, but help us partner with what you want to do within us and through us. Lord, I just pray also for me. Lord, move me to the side. Every single week, you remind me just how you are so faithful to do what it is that you call us to do. Lord, I know on my own, my words mean nothing. Lord, on my own, my wisdom means nothing. My lack of wisdom (laughs) means nothing. But Lord, I know that you can fill us with your fullness in order for us to be who you've created us to be. And so, Lord, I look to you. Lord, help us look to you today, no matter what we got going on in our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the sad. Lord, please just be present and help us just give our hearts to the one who gave us everything. And Jesus, we need you. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Since the dawn of time, there's been this fascination, regardless of what you believe or what what religion you follow or worldview that you claim or anything, no matter what anybody has ever came up with as the definition of why we are here and why we are alive. There's this fascination through cultures and religions and worldviews of good and evil, darkness and light. And that just blows my mind that no matter what you believe, there's this fascination within us of trying to wrap our heads around good and bad, trying to wrap our heads around life and even the the whole idea of eternal life. There's something within us that wants to live. There's something within us that wants more and we crave more. I know today I woke up and, you know, like many people, when I sleep, I try to have it dark. There's sometimes I'll, I'll go to sleep with the blinds open. If you followed this podcast before, you know that I, I like being able to see outside of my window. 
Um, but for the most part, I know that it's it's good for me to be able to sleep in darkness so that I'm not awakened by the light or something shining through the window or anything. And and so I I woke up today. Everything was dark around me, and I pull open the blinds. I see a little bit of light, and you know it's kind of like that big hit to the face of like whoa. You know, this kind of wakes you up a little bit getting that light in the morning. Every single time I walk outside of my apartment here in Michigan in the summer, I'm always just surprised by just how bright it is and just how warm it is as well. It's just sunny and and walking to my car, it's almost like that little extra push of like, okay, Jonah, the day is just beginning. There's so much more left. You made it through the night, whatever the night brought, whether it was a restless night or it was a, a night that you just fell right to sleep, no matter what was last night, right now, Jonah, you have an opportunity to make something out of your day. And it might sound like I'm being kind of dramatic about just walking outside my apartment. But again, it's just that 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 light is just so sobering, especially after you've been asleep for so long or what can feel like so long at night. And as I was thinking about just this whole idea of darkness and light, I know as I got into my car and I'm driving away, and I'm about to turn onto the main road of where I live by I, I just remember my eyes just kind of readjusting to, you know, okay, not only am I awake, but, you know, my eyes were so used to the darkness, it had to get readjusted to being in the light. I know in my life that, you know, there's there's so many changes that daily I have to make in order to keep up with, you know, everything that the, the new day brings. And I don't know about you. I don't know if that's how, how you are as well. But, but, you know, there will be days where there is this, just change after change after change happening. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, Lord, I just need some light. I need something to help me be able to focus on what really matters. And so this is what Jesus talks about in John 8, verse 12. And I'm reading from the NLT. This is what Jesus says. It says this, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself, for I know where I come from and where I am going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgments would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness and my Father who sent me is another. Where is your father, they ask? Jesus asked. Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in a section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Verse 21. Later, Jesus said to them again, I am going away. You will search for me, but you will die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going. The people ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean you cannot come where I am going? Jesus continued, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. This is why I said that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you, they demanded. Jesus replied, I am the one I have always claimed to be. 
I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I've heard from the one who has sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, then you will have understanding that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. For I always do what pleases him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Verse 34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there is no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were truly the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you were trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God was your father, you would love me because I have come from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is constant with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Verse 47, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. The people retorted, you Samaritan devil, didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. The people said, now we know that you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I want to glory for myself, it doesn't count, but it is my father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you, but I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. 
this passage is just so much going on, so much confusion that you may be feeling as we were reading this passage. I know as I read this passage, there's a lot of things. I'm just like, whoa, hold up a second. You know, like, why is it going here? Why is Jesus saying that? But there was something that stood out to me as Jesus was talking here in this passage. And one of the things that stood out to me in verse 12 Jesus said this. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. And so Jesus introduces this this concept in this passage specifically of darkness and light. And I know one of the questions that I ask is like, okay, what is that darkness and what is that light? So he says, I am the light. I am. I am. Before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus is saying, look, I am the light. And then darkness, he talks about darkness being the slavery to sin. Darkness being that desire within us to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. Not submit ourselves to our God. But the passage that really stands out to me, the verse that really stood out to me that I don't think I remember reading um, before I, I came across this passage this last week was verse 43. And maybe it stood out to you as well. This is what Jesus said. He said, why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. I'm going to say that again. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. And then he goes on to make some harsh claims against these Pharisees saying, look, your father is the devil. Your father, you are following the example of your father. Because if you were following the example of your true father, the, the, the father that is right in front of you, then you would follow just like how Abraham followed me through obedience and submission and through joy. But he's saying, no, you are following your, 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 your real father of Satan doing what you want to do, how you want to do it. And it, not only doing what you want to do, how you want to do it, but even being hostile towards the truth that can set you free. He's, he's basically telling the Pharisees, he's saying, look, you are looking at me saying that I am a demon. That just shows that you are so lost. You're looking at what can set you free and calling it a curse. You're looking at the truth that is good, <laughs> looking at the truth that, that will give you a life, give you not only life, but eternal life and saying, no, no, you are death. <laughs> You're looking at God and saying, no, you are a demon that you are the equivalent of a demon to me. And then Jesus says, look, you can't even hear what I'm saying right now. This conversation is so lost. You're so convinced in your head that you are right, that you are closing out any bit of understanding or hearing or submission or surrender because you are just so narrow focused on your sin and on the darkness and on the father of darkness and the father of lies. And this is a very harsh passage, but I know that as I'm reading this, I'm just reminded of the reality that we as people, we so easily can close our hearts, our minds, our ears to God working in our day, in our lives, in our circumstances, and in our chaos. So often we have this, we have this desire within us to do good things and to, to be, you know, men and women of virtue and of truth. But instead of looking to God saying, okay, God, what is your virtue? God, what is your truth? God, what is your goodness? We so often lean on our own understanding, thinking that we can be the judge of what is good and bad. We can be the judge of what is true and noble and pure. And it's only by his grace that we... 
let go and surrender and say, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to know you. I want to grow in you. There's a light and there's a darkness, but so often we choose darkness, not because we don't know that there's a light, but we choose darkness because we don't want to come out to the light. The light almost is like a curse to those who are in the darkness, as the Bible even claims that, you know, the, the, the good news is like death to those who are perishing. Going off this idea of darkness and light, Paul in Ephesians 4 and verse 17, he says this, With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their mind and hardened their hearts against him. I'm going to read that again. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander away from the life God gave them because they have closed their mind and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. So again, Paul is saying, look, okay, this is darkness, but there is something outside of darkness that you can follow instead of following the dark. You follow the light. And then he's saying, okay, look, not only is there a light, but the light has a name. And the name is Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. So he says, this isn't what you learned about Christ. So, okay, instead of following the darkness, the way that we don't follow darkness anymore is that we have to look to the light. We have to follow the light. We have to know the light so well that we start to imitate the light. And he starts to go into these concepts as we continue. Verse 20, Ephesians 4, 20 says, but that is what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And then he says in verse 24, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I love how he continues in, in chapter 5, in verse 1, he says this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Heavy heart, right now, those that are listening, whether you're going through the best of times or worst of times, you, you are his dear children. Whether you acknowledge him or not yet, no matter where you're at, God looks at you and he says, look, you, you are worth me dying on the cross for. Your life has worth and value that goes far beyond what other people say and what you yourself may say. But our God has given us a value and a worth that is defined by him and him alone. And we are called dear children. And then he says in verse two, live a life filled with love, following the examples of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. But then I love in verse eight, he says this, for once you used to be full of darkness, but now you have a light from the Lord. So live as people of the light for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. If you've ever been in complete darkness, whether you've been camping or whether you've been just outside at night and there hasn't been any lights around, the moment that a light turns on, immediately 
it catches your attention. It catches your just focus and immediately you are drawn to the light, especially if you realize that you are lost. Jesus, the invitation of Jesus through his word is saying, look, I am the light. And the moment that you realize that you need the light so desperately bad, and the moment that you realize that the light is not here to harm you, the light isn't here to kill you or destroy you or judge you or to beat you while you're down, but the light is here to give you a life and a life eternal. When you realize that, no longer will you try to fight the light, but you will start to walk and imitate the light. You will start to be just in the center path of the light because why? You want to be more around the light than you want to be around the darkness. And that is what Paul is saying. He said, once you used to be children of the darkness, you used to be just slaves to your sin. But the moment that you have that sober heart and that sober mind to realize that Jesus, what your word says is true. What you have done on the cross is true. Lord, I know that I am not able to live the life that I've been created to live apart from you. That moment that you realize that the light is for good, you forsake the darkness and you just go just on a steady path towards the light. This last weekend, I was honored to be able to have an opportunity to take the students that I get to pasture up to camp. And it was just a complete honor to be able to do this, especially in light of everything that we have going on. And as I was there at the camp, I invited one of my good friends, uh, Jesse Sterneman. He was actually on this podcast um, earlier in the year, episode 75. I highly encourage you to check that episode out. It was just such a beautiful, just vulnerable conversation with a good friend. Just talking about the, you know, the things that we're talking about now, just those big questions that we have, the urgency behind knowing the light and also identifying what the darkness is. And again, it was just an awesome conversation I was able to have with him then, but I was also able to have him as a the, the speaker for this weekend's camp. There's something that Jesse said during one of the sessions that really stood out to me, and this is what he said. He said, if you don't give up what you hold, you can't attain what Jesus has for you. If you don't give up what you hold, you can't attain what Jesus has for you. If you right now listening or watching this, you've already asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. You know, as well as I know, that even though we've asked Jesus to be the lighthouse and to lead us and that, okay, look, I am going to follow you and no longer this darkness. You know, as well as I do, that still there's this tendency within us to drift. Sometimes we want to go back to what was familiar, the old ways, the, the, the ways of darkness, the ways of compromise, those lustful pleasures, those things within us that were just corrupted by those sinful and selfish desires. We have this tendency to stray. And that is why Jesus says, instead of looking to what other people say about me, I need for you to have a relationship with me through this surrender, this vulnerability, this intimacy that only I can offer through the spirit of God that I have placed within you. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is dwelling within those who have asked Jesus to be Lord of their life. And that spirit is referred to as the Holy Spirit. And so if you find yourself, you're straying from the light, but your heart, you want to know Jesus more and you want to make him known. You want to be all that he's created you to be. We have to rest in realizing, okay, Lord, you help me follow after you. Lord, you help me just learn and just to follow after your ways and after your light and no longer embrace the darkness. Galatians 5 verse 13 says this says, for you were called to freedom, but do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. 
What a gift. What a gift this life is. Yet so often we waste our days just failing to see just the gift that life is. We get so wrapped up in our heads, in our emotions, in our thoughts, in our failures, in our regrets, in our confusions, our questions, our doubts, that we fail to see, Lord, you created me. You created me to be free, not free left up to my own definitions and my own leadership, but free to be in your arms, to be able to be led by your spirit, to be able to be all that you've created me to be in order for me to not just lean on my own understanding, but to lean on your infinite, good, true, trustworthy, noble, and pure leadership. A freedom to be able to know you and to make you known, to be fully alive as defined by the creator instead of the creation. What a gift this life is. May we choose light and not darkness. May we choose Jesus and not ourselves. May we have the humility to say, Lord, help me, help me. I am lacking, I am lacking. And I know that I would choose darkness each and every time unless I am so overwhelmed by your light that my eyes, my heart, my mind, my emotions refocus refocus and just be able to be centered around you and just focused on you that no longer do I hide away from the light, but I instead crave the light because I know that in the light, there is no darkness at all. And I no longer want this darkness. I don't want this darkness. So Lord, I'm looking to you. I'm asking you. I'm seeking you. I'm asking for you to be the light that you are and help me fall more in love with the light and have more of a just a hatred and a just a despised position towards the darkness. May we realize that we don't have to walk in darkness because there is a light that leads to life, and the name is Jesus. As we close today's episode, I honestly just wanted to end with an excerpt from camp. I, I, I was listening to what Jesse was speaking at camp, and, and it just really stood out to me, and I started recording, and I wanted to end with just a recording of, of Jesse's challenge and prayer and also the song that my good buddy uh, was able to lead us in. And the name of the song is The Stand by the band Hillsong United. And it's just such a song that is so important to me and my walk with Jesus because it's such a reminder that there is an invitation each and every day and say, no, I am making my stand in darkness or to stand and say, no, no, no I am choosing your light. I am choosing your light. No matter where today finds us, May we follow Jesus knowing that he is the light and in him there is no darkness at all. Even when within us it feels so dark, so clustered, so complicated. Heavy heart, you are not alone. May these words from my good buddy Jesse and the worship led by my good buddy Jake meet you wherever today finds you. There's a cost Today, in youth groups and churches all across the country, we want the power without the cost. It's terrible. It's such a lie. How do you get to bench press 300 pounds? Do you just walk into the gym and put it up? No, there's a cost. You got to eat right. You got to train. You got to go to the gym every single day. Cost power. Power. You guys, that power's for you. 
It's for every single one of you guys. The power of God in your life. The cost is high. It's your life. The Apostle Paul said, become a living sacrifice. Your life, it costs everything. Jesus said, forsake all. Forsake all and come follow me. Power. Everybody thinks that a lot of people think it would be great to be in that NBA, pro athlete, right? NHL. I mean, I, of course, a lot of people here are like, not really, but right, the fame, the, the money, that's amazing, the influence, the cost. Those, those guys or ladies, they have to travel most of the whole year. They don't get to see their family very much. They have to eat so specific every single meal. They have to train the off season. They have to train hour after hour. The cost is so high for the power, the reward. Last thing, this is it, ready? The cost, guys. Jesus, this was a high cost. When you say murder, whipped, nailed, beaten. He was showing the way for us. Beaten, spit on, bleeding, cost. Three days later, power. It's amazing. It's, 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 it'll change everything. We do the same. The cost, lay down my life. I turn away from these things. And when the power comes, just bow your head with me. Pray. Father, I just pray for this group. Lord, your word is, it's powerful. It's, it's living and active. It cuts to our heart. You said, hate your friends, your family, even your own life. If we want to follow you, you said, sell everything after me forsake all it's so hard but God you made a way by your grace so I pray for each student that as they consider the cost they wouldn't look to themselves to do it they would look to you and they would just say a simple prayer during this song have mercy on me God and your presence would fill this room I pray your presence would be here to meet those that need your presence so desperately. Let's just sing together.
Yeah.